Stuff. Thanks, Pastor Steve. So good. And that is the goal from this, is that you would know God in a fresh way as a result of us diving into this phenomenal passage of Scripture uh, over these next six weeks. So good to be here. Why don't we just pray, and then we'll jump straight into what we're going to talk about today. Well, Dad, it's just so good for us to be here today. And, and I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would really speak to each one of us, Lord, that you'll enable us to um, get a fresh understanding of who you are for us in the same way David did. I pray you bless your word to us uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. Righty, so one of the great challenges that we face in the Christian life is understanding who God is for us. I knew this person many, many years ago, um, and for her, the Lord uh, was the never-sleeping ever watching, angry judge. And her life was all about trying every day not to mess up, trying not to anger God, but she would always fail. And I remember telling me the story once, she was in the kitchen and she'd opened a, a cupboard door about head height looking for something and then she thought maybe it was in, in the, a bottom cupboard. So without thinking, she bent down, looked in a lower cupboard and then as she stood up, she smashed her head very painfully on the open cupboard door at the top and she said that she knew instantly what had happened. She had done something wrong. And she had angered God, and that was God lashing out and using the cupboard to hit her in punishment. Isn't that astonishing? Such an irrational and demoralizing and exhausting way to live. For her, his anger and punishing hand seemed to follow her all the days of her life. Now, that may not be what it is for you. Uh, for some people, God might be the distant, absent, occasionally turning up, but generally busy elsewhere, kind of cosmic CEO. For some people, the Lord is to them the charismatic, addictive, but unpredictable lover who sweeps in, makes them fall in love with him all over again, and then seems to disappear again. And you never really know what is going on. Very commonly, uh, the Lord is for people the image of an earthly father. If your earthly father was abusive, then God is abusive. If your earthly father was absent, then God is absent. If your earthly father was kind, then God is kind. But today, we've got to go deeper than that. And I think that's what this psalm is calling us to do, right? We must find a picture a metaphor like David did that helps us to understand and relate to God in a new and better and more comprehensive way. And, and I think this is exactly what we see David doing in this psalm. He asks the question that we all must ask, who is God for me? What is that like for me? Now, Psalm 23, most commentators believe, was written by David when he had been king for a short while. It wasn't a long time on in his career as king, but he'd been king for a period of time. And in the psalm, David is reflecting on who God has been for him 
in the journey so far, the amazing things that God has done to bring him to the kingship, the astonishing difficulties that he has been through, and yet how amazing has God been. So let's jump into the psalm. And I want to read the whole thing for you, just so you get a sense of the whole thing, for those of you who maybe are not super familiar with it. Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I want for nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me along right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for, and now he starts to talk to the Lord, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness, your mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. For David, God is a shepherd In fact, God is his shepherd. Now, we've got to ask the question, right? Why a shepherd? Like, how did David come up with this? Why did David come up with this image of a shepherd? Our familiarity with this can blind us to really how quite remarkable and shocking this must have been when David first starts singing the song and presenting the song. Because shepherds were about as far away as you could get from a pure, holy, and mighty God that you could imagine. Being a shepherd was a dirty, smelly, manual job. It required living outdoors on the ground in certain seasons of the year. You, you just you got mucky handling the sheep. You had to be continually finding pasture to take them to. You had to protect them from wild animals with very little other than what you could carry on you, and you couldn't lose any of them. It wasn't a glory job, like being a soldier or, or being a priest or being a prophet. The Bible commentator James Boyce writes, If a family needed a shepherd, it was always the youngest son, like David, who got this unpleasant assignment. The Jewish rabbi Joseph Bahamna said that there is not a more contemptible office than that of a shepherd. Interesting, right? So, so intriguing that of all the possible things David could have come up with to, to say that God is like for him, it was a shepherd. Now, why did he not say, the Lord is my king? Like That makes a lot of sense. Well, maybe it's because he had seen how fickle kings could be, like Saul. Why did he not say, the Lord is my priest? Perhaps because he had seen how corrupt priests could be, like Eli's son, Hopni and Phinehas. Why did he not say, the Lord is my judge? after one of the great leaders that we read recorded in the book of Judges. Perhaps because he had seen how full of human frailties judges and leaders could be like Samson. Now, he comes to this realization that the Lord is different from all of those things to him. That was not the picture that helped him understand what God was like. And so 
as David has gone on this journey to go, who is the Lord for me? I believe that as we go on this journey through Psalm 23, we too have to engage with this question of who is the Lord for me? Now, as we do that, it can, it can be quite hard to come up with someone like that. So what I suggest is that we start by doing the opposite. Who is the Lord not like for you? That is useful. That can be a helpful thing for us to do as an exercise. And I know for myself, immediately I can think of people that I've had experience with in my life and the Lord is not like them for me. I'll give you one example. I was about 19 years old. I was at university. I was home on the holidays. Uh, I had a holiday job working on this guy's farm just to raise enough money so I could pay for my next term at university. And on this job, I had to do a whole bunch of things. I had to build this fence for this guy. I had to burn this gigantic pile of rubbish. It was a whole bunch of things. And the guy wasn't super clear with me. And he, he didn't give me really clear instructions. So I was left on my own quite a bit. And that was okay. I was getting stuff done. But there was one particular day when what he wanted me to do was to burn this gigantic pile of rubbish. I don't know where he got it from. It was full of books and magazines. And it was just, it was like four or five feet high. And I had to burn this thing. So he set fire to it. And then he walks off. And now I've got to burn all this stuff, right? So the problem is, this is, this is happening kind of in this area right in front of one of his big barns. He hasn't cared for it. So it's got grass growing up all over the place, which because it was summer is all dry. And as this fire took off, what would happen is as the books would burn and a wind was blowing, I forgot to mention, a wind was blowing, that the pages of the book would catch on fire and then come out of the books and blow around the yard and set little fires everywhere. That was, that was terrifying. So I'm trying to keep this fire going and then I'm running around the yard stomping out fires so that the whole farm didn't go up and so his barn didn't go up. So like an hour and a half later, the, the pile was getting down. I am ex literally exhausted. I've just been running frantically around, putting out fires, putting out fires, turn this one up, put that fire out. It was full on. And so here I am, I'm shattered. I just, I kind of stopped for a minute. Like things have just settled for a moment. And I just, I just kind of slumped, standing there, slumped like this, just taking a breather. And of course, that is the precise moment when he walked around the corner to see how I was going. And his immediate response was, really? I'm paying you to stand around and do nothing. He said, get your gear and go, you're fired. And I was stunned. And I felt so hard done by, and I was also embarrassed, and I felt ashamed, and I gathered up my stuff, and I went home, and it was just like, hang on, buddy, I just saved your blooming farm from burning down here. You know what I realized? The Lord, for me, is not like him. And I bet we've all had experiences with people like that when we were treated unjustly or unfairly or something like that. It's helpful for us to identify God is not like that. So think for a moment, who is the Lord not like for you? And then as we move on from that, it makes it a little easier to think about maybe who God is like for us. David asks this question, how can I understand who the Lord is? And as we look through these six verses of the psalm, we, we see what David's thinking. He's realizing that in his experience that the Lord has done all of these things for him. Who is there a, 
that, that in some way gives me a picture of what this looks like. David realizes that the Lord is someone who provides and has provided what he needed, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that provides. That the Lord is someone who has led him to regular times of peace and restoration, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is my peace. The Lord also has guided him and directed him in doing what is right, Jehovah Tzikinu, the Lord is my righteousness. The Lord also has comforted him and has been there in his dark times and when people were trying to kill him, the Lord defended him and looked out for him. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who is present. Not only that, the Lord protected and promoted him despite those who were against him. The Lord defended him. Jehovah Shabbath, the Lord of armies. And the Lord saved him and blessed him and was about his future and not about his past. Jehovah Makadesh, the Lord who set him apart. What picture could David find then to understand what God was like if God was like that? What was there in his experience that did those things? And David answers, well, I guess, you know, when I think about it, I mean, I've been a shepherd. I've, I've seen what shepherds do. I, I think shepherds do all of those things. I think that the Lord is for me. He is my shepherd. And so we get this incredible psalm. Who is it for you? If that's what the Lord does in our lives, if he provides for us, if he restores us, if he guides us, if he comforts us, if he protects us and blesses us, who in your world might be a picture of that for you that might help you get a better understanding, a fresh revelation of who God is for you? You know, in the late, in the late 1960s, there was a social worker called Carl Burke who worked with inner city troubled youth in the projects of New York. What he would do is he would tell these kids Bible stories, and then he would get these kids to rewrite those Bible stories in their own language so it made sense in their own context. And then he actually published this little book called God is for Real Man, which I stumbled across one day in the Knox Library at Otago University when I was studying theology many, many years ago. Uh, then years later, I found the same book in a secondhand bookshop, so I bought it and I had it at home. But as I went through this book, standing there in the Knox Library, there was one particular one which so impacted me and stood out to me, and it was this teenage boy who had rewritten Psalm 23. This young man had been repeatedly in trouble with the police. His father had abandoned them at a young age. His mother was an alcoholic and struggled with that. There wasn't much food being put on the table, and this boy had got in trouble. And this boy was there for, he had to ask, who is God like for me? Who is there in my world who in some way might show me something of what God is? And I, I think that he did exactly this. I think that, that this task that I think David asks us to do is what this young boy, this young man engaged in. And it's, of course, it's an imperfect analogy, but it can be profoundly helpful. For this young man, he started his version of Psalm 23 with this. The Lord is like my probation officer. 
Now let me, let me dig into what a probation officer does. A probation officer is someone who, when someone is convicted of a crime, probation officer meets with them, spends time with them and the father, the family, to prepare a pre-sentencing report so the judge has some idea of the mitigating circumstances and what this person is dealing with to take into account for sentencing. The probation officer then, after sentencing, works and walks with this person as they go through their sentence. He meets with them regularly. He holds them accountable to their agreed-upon obligations. He helps them to succeed and to find a way forward in this life. Can you see why perhaps for this young man, the Lord being like a probation officer made the most sense to him. Let me read to you his whole psalm. Now you've got to remember this is written in the 60s, right? So the language is a little bit different to what we're used to, but I hope you get the idea. Here is what this young man wrote. He said, the Lord is like my probation officer. He will help me. He tries to help me to make it every day. He makes me play it cool and feel good inside of me. He shows me the right path so I'll have a good record and he'll have one too. Because I trust him and that ain't easy I don't worry too much about what's going to happen. Just knowing he cares about me helps me. He makes sure I have my food and that my mum fixes it. He helps her stay sober, and that makes me feel good all over. He's a good man, I think, and he is kind. And these things will stay with me. And when I'm kind and good, then I know the Lord is with me like a probation officer. Pretty cool, eh? Now, we've got to ask, right, what was this young guy's life that for him, the person in his world, the only person in his world who represented something good and caring and consistent and an example worth following was his probation officer. And yet how powerful, right, for this young guy to recognize firstly that he did have a positive role model in his life, someone who did care and was there for him. And secondly, to understand that God was like that person for him. And in fact, was more like that person than any of the other authority figures in his life. God was not like the father who abandoned him. God was not like the mother who wouldn't provide for him. God was not like the older people in his life who would obviously lead him into a life of crime. God was not even like the judge who sentenced him to punishment. God was like this guy. God was like his probation officer, walking with him, looking out for him, giving him an example worth following, helping him get through. So let me ask you, if you were going to write your own 23rd Psalm, how might you start it? Now for some of us, um, some of us might, someone here might have been rescued from a violent and abusive home that was terrifying and unsafe. And for you, maybe the Lord is like that social worker or that police officer who walked in in the middle of that chaos. For someone else here who was chronically unwell and always in and out of hospital, Overseen perhaps by a particularly attentive physician. Maybe the Lord is like your doctor. Or for the person who at some point was employed under a warm and caring team leader who always believed in them, looked out for them, helped them succeed. Maybe the Lord is like your manager. The Lord might be like your teacher. Might be like your mechanic. 
might be like your youth pastor. The Lord might be like your boss, your coach, your grandfather. The Lord might be like your mum or your landlord or your lawyer. Who is the Lord like for you? And, and look, maybe the answer is, is that the Lord's like several people because, of course, no one person can fully and totally represent who the Lord is for us. So what I want to do is I want to tell you who the Lord is like for me. And there are a couple of people probably that over my lifetime have represented who the Lord is. And, and I see that, I see those things in, in how the Lord deals with me uh, in my relationship with him. One of them is that uh, in some ways the Lord is like my dad. When I was growing up, for a period of time, we rented this uh, several acres of land, and we had a whole bunch of chickens and dogs and cats, and we had 20 sheep. And I have a, this clear memory as a, as a little boy, uh, you know, of my dad, uh, 11 o'clock at night, it's in the middle of lambing season, getting on his huge, big uh, oilskin jacket and his oilskin hat, and with just his torch in hand, heading out into the dark and in the storm and the driving rain to go and check on the ewes that were, uh, that were with lamb and were going to be lambing and checking on the lambs that were being born. And you know, often he would reappear shortly after, out of the dark, drenched to the skin with a smile on his face and a cold, sick lamb underneath his jersey up against his skin. The lamb would be rubbed down, fed a bottle of milk and put in a box near the fire that would quietly burn away all night, keeping that lamb warm. When I think of that picture, I think, hmm, in some ways, the Lord is like my dad. But there's another person that sticks in my mind. The principal of a school that I taught in before I stepped into pastoring. This principal, Dennis Slowly was his name, was uh, a brilliant leader uh, and a very intentional, uh, encouraging and mentoring voice in my life. He encouraged me as a young teacher. He gathered several of us every week in his office and just downloaded into us from his years of experience how to be a successful teacher. He taught me how to have a good homework balance. He encouraged me to take sick days, not when I was sick, but when I was just sick of teaching. He said, go and, when you've had a guts full, he says, take a sick day, go to the movies, hang out with your wife, come back the next day ready to go again. He encouraged me and trusted me. He believed in me. He gave me authority to teach my students my way. I remember one uh, end of one day, I was teaching a senior biology class. We'd done great work that day, and I said to the class, look, if we, if we get everything done, we'll, we'll finish early and we'll play a game. And so they'd done a great job. So we finished about 10 minutes before the bell, and we played occasionally this game called Simon Says, which some of you will know. And, uh, of course, my year 13 uh, seventh form students initially hated it, but once we got into the competition of it, they were rapidly involved in this game. And so uh, we were in, the, in this class. I had all of my 30 students standing on the top of their lab stools, which, of course, would be a health and safety nightmare today. I'm up the front. They're all gesticulating wildly, and I'm screaming out, Simon says do this, and Simon says do that. And while I'm in the middle of this, out of the corner of my eye, I see my principal's head walk past the window of my door, stop, reverse, and look in at what I'm doing. And honestly, there was a part of me going, oh man, I'm going to be in so much trouble. And then I saw him smile at me and walk on. And years later, actually, he mentioned that to me. 
Uh, and he just said, I knew you were such a great teacher. He said, I just let you go. I just felt so believed in by him. And he was just someone who gave me responsibility. He trusted me to get things done. I grew so much under his leadership, despite making some clanger mistakes as a young teacher. But he was just, he was calm. He was all for us. Um, He was an outstanding influence in my life. And that helps me to understand. When I go, the Lord is like my principal that helps me to understand that like my principle, this is what the Lord does for me. He encourages me. He inputs into me. He wants me to do well. He wants me to take time out to have balance. He wants me to, to do the things that he's called me to do and get on with it. This gives me such a revelation of who God is and how he helps me. And so what I've done is I've written my own 23rd Psalm. Let me read it to you. The Lord is like my principle. I lack nothing. He teaches me to take time out and to have a good work-home balance. He wants me available for the students with a restored soul. He guides me in how to be better and trusts me to do a great job. Even though I walk through the valley of mistakes, he believes in me and he has my back. He's always available to me. He trusts me to learn and to do better next time. He promotes me and praises me, even in front of others who don't agree with me. I'm so blessed. He continues to allow me to grow and make a difference, and my life overflows with his influence. Now remember who we're talking about here. I'm talking about the Lord. Surely the Lord's confidence in me and care for me will follow me all the days of my life, and I'll be a part of his house forever. You know what, Tim, I believe that the Lord in this series is inviting us to write our own psalm to the Lord. And I want to challenge you over the weeks that are ahead, at some point, to take a bit of time. Sit down with a coffee or over breakfast or with your Bible or whatever. Pull out Psalm 23. And I challenge you to write your own psalm. To really ask and write down, who is the Lord for me? Because I promise you in that will come a much greater understanding of who God is for you in this life. As the team come and as we wrap up, it's important to note that for David, it wasn't just that the Lord was a shepherd. It was that the Lord was his shepherd. He said, the Lord is mine. That's what he is for me. He is my shepherd Likewise, this young troubled teenager, it wasn't just that the Lord is like a probation officer, it was like the Lord is like his probation officer. Likewise for me, with my principal. You know, one of the great preachers, Charles Spurgeon, once said, the sweetest word of the whole is that monosyllable, my. He does not say the Lord is the shepherd of the world at large and leadeth forth the multitude as his flock, but the Lord is my shepherd. If he be a shepherd to no one else, he is a shepherd to me. He cares for me. He watches over me and he preserves me. As we go on this journey together, work out who the Lord is for you because if there's one thing we want to do in our services in our time together it's to get to know the Lord better 
that's part of, such an important part of what we're doing here. Would you do that? Would you make a note? Would you carve some time out? Would you think about those different areas that, that the Lord is for David in that psalm and ask yourself, who is it in my world who kind of does those things for me? Who's the Lord like for me? And then write down your own psalm. I tell you, I have just gained a fresh appreciation for who the Lord is for me in doing that, and I believe you will too. Come on, let's pray. Mighty God, I thank you, Lord, for uh, your amazing word. I thank you for people like us, like David, who wanted to know you better and found a picture from his life that helped him have a greater understanding of who you were to him. Lord, do the same for us. Help us have a fresh revelation of who, who you are for us in this world. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.